Gorbachev, Yuri Andropov, and his vigorous young heir apparent, Mikhail Gorbachev. At Chernenko's death, his private safe had turned up no personal diary or other intimate record, only a large cache of money no one could account for. Good riddance, Shushkevich had thought. I was the first at the university to put a portrait of Gorbachev on the wall. The night of Chernenko's death, Raisa Maximovna, Mikhail Gorbachev's wife and partner, pacing beside him in the garden of their country house near Moscow, heard him say resolutely, We just can't go on like this. The next day, 11 March 1985, Gorbachev had been elected general secretary at a meeting of the Communist Party Central Committee. In his acceptance speech immediately after his election, he had called for open government and accountability. I emphasized the need for transparency, glasnost, in the work of party, Soviet, state, and public organizations, he wrote later. He had laid out in detail his other fundamental goal, perestroika, economic restructuring, salvaging the nearly moribund Soviet economy, at a Central Committee plenum the following month, stressing the elimination of everything that interferes with development. The huge Soviet military-industrial complex, which insinuated itself into every corner of the Soviet economy and consumed at least 40% of the state budget, headed his list for cutbacks. And in a letter delivered to President Ronald Reagan on 15 January 1986, he had broached a proposal without precedent across the four dangerous decades of the U.S.-Soviet nuclear arms race. A concrete program as he described it during a press conference in Moscow later that day, for the complete liquidation of nuclear weapons throughout the world before the end of the present century. Opening to such unprecedented initiative, 1986 had seemed a year of immense possibility. Now a disaster loomed, of consequences yet unknown, and radiation blew north from Chernobyl. At 2.30 on Saturday afternoon, someone finally called the Institute to report an accident at Chernobyl. In the early hours after midnight, Chernobyl Reactor No. 4 had run away in four seconds from 7% of maximum rated power to about 100 times maximum rated power, an event called a prompt critical excursion that had flashed the reactor's thousands of gallons of circulating water to high-pressure steam. The graphite core of the massive, concrete-encased reactor was an enclosed cylinder 40 feet in diameter and 23 feet tall, set on end, with blocks of concrete and a water pool beneath it to absorb the fierce radiation its zirconium-clad uranium fuel elements produced, and a two-million-pound disc-shaped upper biological shield of concrete blocks set over it like a lid to protect workers from radiation exposure. In the same spirit of bravado that had prompted the scientists at Los Alamos during the Second World War to nickname the atomic bomb they were building the Gadget, the men who operated the RBMKs called the upper biological shield the Pyatachok, Russian for one of the smallest Soviet coins, the five-kopeck piece. One hundred kopecks equal one ruble. When the water flashed to superheated steam and the reactor's steam pipe started exploding, an eyewitness reported later, the Pyatachok began to bubble and dance. Then two explosions in the space of less than four seconds tore open the reactor and blew out the building. The reactor core was sealed within a metal tank filled with a mixture of helium and nitrogen to prevent the graphite moderator, 
four million pounds of pure carbon, from burning. The prompt critical excursion had heated the graphite red-hot. The first steam explosion lifted the two million pound Pyotr Chok. At the same time, the steam burst down through the metal tank and penetrated the red-hot graphite. Steam combines ferociously with hot carbon to make carbon monoxide, liberating hydrogen. The second and more powerful explosion combines steam and exploding hydrogen gas, tilted up the Piatachok nearly vertical, shattered the upper half of the reactor core, and blew tons of its red-hot radioactive debris, a rubble of highly irradiated uranium oxide fuel, as well as radioactive graphite and zirconium, past the Piatachok, through the roof, and half a mile into the air. It fell out by size. Big blocks of hot graphite landed on the roofs of number four's turbine hall and reactor number three. To lower construction costs, the roofs had been covered with flammable asphalt.